For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. So many sports are in full swing right now, so there's no better time to get into sports betting than this very second. Go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports books experts. Hey, and welcome everybody to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast with Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here presented by Bet Online. Uh, we are here getting ready for game five. The Clippers respond after going down 2 0 at home. They take two on the road, and we're all tied up at two. Alex, uh, you know, we, a lot can change in a couple of days. We were just talking on a Friday before game three, uh, and, you know, we were kind of just talking right before this. The Clippers. Basically, everything we had on that wish list of what they need to do, what they should do, they did do, and now we got a brand new series. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm loving the, the change of everything that they did. It was small things for sure, but it was detrimental for them to actually get to this point where they're at right now. So I'm excited about it, man. It's a clean slate right now. Yeah, and I, I want to go back for a second. Game three, obviously, you know, they go in going down 2 0, backs against the wall on the road. They start off that game, Dallas, like we've seen through at least the early portion of the series, red hot. They come out, you know, blazing, knocking down three after three after three. Clips go down thirty to eleven. Uh, you know, what was your what was your thought process watching that and seeing, you know, man, are they going to get run out of the gym right away? Uh, and then just and then just the response to to come back and fight through that and then end up taking game three. No, I felt like the Twilight Zone for real. I was, I was just thinking, oh, not again. That's yeah. the first thing I thought. Like, Come on, man, not again. You know. So um, from that standpoint on, I mean, it was just, it was just ugly to see a team like go through that all over again. And I know they were going through, they were saying the same things in their mind, like this cannot keep happening to us over and over again. You know what I mean? So the basketball guy so far has really responded back and and gave them some blessings as far as uh, getting this lead. Uh, uh, passed on so they can have to actually, you know, uh, achieve their goals as far as winning, you know, uh, this series, man, and pulling it out. So I'm happy about it. Yeah, and, and obviously, I guess you can't really, you know, respond to adversity until it's right there in front of you. And, you know, for this Clippers team, as you said, obviously, you don't want to go through those type of things, but maybe it's something that'll be beneficial for them, like you said, where, hey, they get hit with the haymaker right away you know down two nothing in the series get hit with that game three haymaker and uh, really put to the test and shown if they can fight through some adversity which they could not last year and you know their first big test of that this season obviously they've been able to have a much better response than we saw a year ago so you know if anything that's you know very promising for for what should be ahead for this team yeah for sure and i think for for the clipper standpoint is there's nothing been actually easy for the clippers at all you know what i mean and no 
no season um, that I've been with the Clippers or seen them play. It's never been a, a smooth sailing ride where they get to the, their goals, you know. So they always got bumps and bruises, but theirs is a little bit harder because, um, you know, it's less unfortunate. But at the same time, we have all the pieces that we want, so you can't have any more um, excuses, you know, from that standpoint. So, um, yeah. Just, just really have to just buckle down and just lock in. You know, every possession is very huge for these guys to actually, um, you know, take advantage of. Yeah, and we and we talked about a lot during this year, and we're kind of looking forward to what would happen, you know, in games three and four about Ty Lue and him being a coach of who one who makes adjustments and is adaptable on the fly. Uh, we saw a couple of them over the weekend, you know, going into game three put Reggie Jackson back into the starting lineup, and then at halftime of Game 3, he went small. He brought Nick Batum in to start that half along with Reggie, and then he kept that starting lineup going small uh, with uh, Nick Batum at center, essentially. Uh, obviously, that worked out really well. Clippers win Game 3 by 10. They run away and you know storm the gates, win Game 4 by 25. Uh, what do you think of the moves from Ty Lue and just you know how that small ball lineup looked for the Clippers? No, it looked it awesome. It did, for real. And um, we, we always reiterated as far as them actually being able to switch on defenders and guarding uh, the front court um, collectively. You know, um, they're really good on one-on-one situations. They kind of get a little scrambled away uh, as far as actually finding out who's covering who on, on the swing passes and stuff like that. But for the most part, I love the situation of what he did as far as putting Batum in there. Now, I... I personally would have said Patoon as well because he's a veteran. You know, even though I like the fact that we talked about man as well, but he's you know he's a, he's a rookie. But for the most part, putting Patoon in there as veteran and um, him just knowing the game as far as reads and stuff like that was was really huge for for the Clippers. You know, moving forward for sure. But you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so much as far as putting. Rondo, which he does deserve that spot, but you need some power, firepower coming off the bench. So I think that was a smart move, was putting uh, a platoon in there. Yeah, and we've seen Rondo. You know, he's still get getting a good chunk of minutes. He had 26 minutes in Game Three, had another 20 in Game Four, and has been really outstanding for the Clippers. So he's still getting that min- those you know those minutes in that run. Uh, Terrence Mann, who we talked about, you know, he got the call in, in Games Three and Four again, and. While the numbers don't necessarily jump off the page, we saw the impact with kind of that energy, the heart, the hustle, not afraid to get physical, especially in Game 3. Uh, so I think, you, you know, we saw the the kind of fruits of that labor with, with Terrence Mann and just that energy that, that he injects into the team as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Those 50-50 balls, he's definitely on it. Those, those, loose, those little small things that he does as far as his – you know, basketball is really played off of like inches. You know, measurements wise, as far as being there on time, a small inch can can get you a bucket. You know, if you're late on a switch or something like that. So that energy that man has is is huge. You know, to cover that slope for sure. And it, it's interesting the game of adjustments. Of course, we know Rick Carlisle is such a good coach as well, and we kind of saw the the cat and mouse game. Um, you know, going into this series, I think we, we both felt that the Clippers, and a lot of people did, that the Clippers are the better team and they should find find a way to win. Now, the series is still 2-2. We know Dallas, as we've seen, can get red hot and obviously win on the road. So the Clippers, yeah. you know, still have a lot in front of them. But it did feel like with that small ball lineup, they they unlocked something that Dallas is going to have a hard time, you know, kind of putting back in the bottle. With, you know, with Dallas, they got to have Porzingis out there. 
But when the Clippers go small, he's kind of dragged away from the basket. He's not really a great rim protector anyway. Just no rim protection for Dallas. Clippers are just getting at to the rim at will. And then really, outside of that, there's no real rim protection. So the Clippers can yeah. can get their open threes. They can get to the rim. You know, Dallas tried to go really big with Boban, who definitely can score a lot inside. But, you know, the same kind of issues exist defensively with the Clippers being able to spread it out. So that kind of, you know, turning of the key going small uh, seems like it has unlocked things for the Clippers in a big way. Not for sure. You hit it on the head. That's definitely true. And those those uh, those second chances, you know what I mean? Getting extra possessions as well, too. Drawing out that big where you can actually um, get, you know, offensive rebounds and putbacks and stuff like that. That was just huge, you know, for sure. Um, and it shows statistically um, across the board. Um, be- besides that, which I truly like, which I, I pinpoint as far as number one, which you said, um, taking away uh, um, Hardaway's actually touches and stuff like that and limiting him, that was key. Because we always talked about as far as Donix actually getting his. Um, and there's certain ways how he would get his. He's hitting crazy tough shots. Um, seriously, I mean, off the charts is um, all-star shots, you know. And we can live with those things if he's going to keep hitting those for sure. But to eliminate Hardaway and his touches and, and allow him to only have four points was, was huge, I would think so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it going in that, you know, the other guys who had been kind of playing, you know, say like, not better than you'd expect, but they're, you know, took their games up a level and Hardaway, you know, he came out hot in game three as well. He ended up hitting four three pointers, but ended the game just four, 14, 12 points. And then as you alluded to in game four, really got shut down where he only scored uh, four points as one of eight from the field. And, you know, while that's a team defensive thing, I give, I give a lot of credit to Reggie Jackson, who's not a noted defender, but you saw multiple times where he was, running Hardaway off the three-point line, which we had discussed, and then getting back into the play with second and third efforts, uh, you know, along with the offensive punch that Reggie has given, you know, that extra effort from him defensively, which is not really his forte, was was big and is the kind of effort that this Clippers team needs to, to really be there, you know, going full strength in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Reggie's a great on-ball defender. Um uh, I would say off the ball defender for sure. He can chase and, ch- and and hunt people down, making sure they're not touching the ball. Um, as far as on ball, I would think he's a little, you know, struggling with that for sure. But uh, he did a tremendous job, like you said, for sure. Um, we can, we just got to see if this is going to continue, man. If this is something that they're just teasing us with, or they actually really want this thing, and that's the most important thing. Uh, the next game is at home, so. Um, definitely going to see what's going to happen um bringing it back home for sure yeah and that, that's the big question right obviously i think we've all everyone has always seen the the potential on this team and knows what they're capable of and we really saw it in game four where they kind of you know the 25 point win in particular but uh, you know it's yeah it's that can you keep it consistent can you win at home can you uh, you know take control of the series when it's right there for the taking so you know that's the question going into game five but uh, you know, one thing that is at least, again, encouraging for the Clippers is we had talked about the Stars really playing like Stars and going up that level. Of course, Kawhi had that 41-point game in Game 2 in the loss, but he's got to throw out a couple of numbers from from Kawhi. And we'll get to Paul George, who's been great as well. But Kawhi Leonard, over the past couple of games, you look at him in the playoffs in general, 
33 points a game, 8.5 rebounds, shooting 63% from the field. And then you throw it over the last three games. He's shooting 75% from the field. And he's had 29 and 10, 36 and 8, and 41 and 6. He's just been off the charts. He's missed a total of eight shots in the last two games while taking 17 shots and 15 shots, respectively. Uh, so just a you know unbelievable performance from Kawhi Leonard in, in both these games, and really unstoppable from what we've seen. Yeah, he's a machine. He is a machine. I had a talk, and uh, this is totally off the topic, but I got. Says I had a talk with um, a good friend of mine, and I asked him about the Clippers. He was like, "Man, Kawhi, he gave it up, man. He he just he just came to L.A. and he gave it up, and uh, he's just coasting right now." And I'm like, "What? Are you really understanding what this guy is doing right now? <laughs> Every team has been on his carry, and and this is just a uh, a beacon of his effort right here. What you just said is phenomenal. Those statistics are like." NBA 2K, you're playing him type stats, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's off the charts. It really is, you know, and it speaks volumes for a man that doesn't even just, just lead by actions alone, you know. Um, if you can't get behind that and do anything and everything that, to pick up the slack from that, man, you, you got something wrong with you. So um, he's definitely doing everything he can for this team to win and move on to the next round. Yeah, offensively, I mean, you put it perfectly. He's been a machine in this series and really all you know all year long. But especially, you know, he takes his game up that extra notch in the playoffs. And we've seen it here so far in the first round, and and I think especially in games three and four, maybe the one thing you could say about you know coasting is his defensive effort, where we know he can be so incredible when he wants to be, and and we saw that. And we've seen that really, really since since game two, where. You know, of course, Dallas is going to run all these pick and rolls and switches to get him off of Luka Doncic, but we saw him fighting really hard to get through those screens. A lot of weak side help side block shots and amazing rotation. So I think you can tell just how locked in he is and, and really the rest of the team. The defense really clicked in game four. Uh, granted, you know, some of that outlier, outlier shooting from the Mavericks came back down to earth. Luka Doncic clearly dealing with a little bit of that, you know, that nerve neck issue, which I'm sure was affecting him. But the Clippers were just stifling on that end. And that, of course, was kind of spearheaded by by Kawhi. He let off the game with a couple of big block shots and kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. It's true. So I'm hyped. I'm hyped for uh, this next game to see what happens. Um, Paul George, I know he's doing phenomenal. You know what I mean? And he's been struggling as far as just, just the open beating of the game lately and uh he turned it up this seat this game so i'm hyped about you know his reaction as far as um these two games that he had played he's an underdog that's how i look at him you know so he needed that uh that that fire and, and you know that that immediate impact that the opponents have you know towards him and playing away is probably something that he definitely thrives on more than anything yeah that was re- that was really great to see with with Paul George, who, who's put up good numbers all series long. He's been in attack mode, you know, 29 points in game three, 20 points, nine boards, three assists in game four. Um, wow. and, just see, and just seeing the the emotion, and like you said, on the road, you know, second quarter, it, it hits about two or three shots in a row, gets crossed over, open for a jumper, and kind of lets out a scream into the crowd. So just seeing that fire and just knowing that, you know, I'm sure he's been dealing with 
the burden of last year. We know how, I don't know if any athlete, you know, I'm sure there's some, but have dealt with the kind of slander and hate that he's dealt with over the past year. Uh, and, yeah. and really the only way to respond to that, you know, everyone's waiting for the playoffs and, and so far he's delivered. You know, he's been big in all of these games and especially on the road when they needed him most. A lot of big shots, like you said, setting the tone early and, uh, you know, a, a nice sight to see for, for Paul George, especially in the Clippers in these couple of wins. For sure. We're talking about two guys can probably give you triple doubles um, any night on playoff day, you know, so um, has go off to these guys and their work ethic. I think the biggest thing right now um, is just staying healthy. And, and you know, that's the biggest thing that the Clippers need to do is just lock in, stay healthy, and, and stay as a unit collectively and really just take it as, as, as what it is, man. Every game is so vital for them to win and not waste any energy uh, um, and trying to have the, the, the pullback as far as, you know, playing cat and mouse with these teams that they're up against, especially Dallas. Yeah, and like we said, as as positive as the weekend was, uh, you know, and, and the team has said this, and Kawhi especially, but, you know, of course the job's not finished. It's just even at 2-2, two and two, so now, you know, you got to go take care of home court, which they didn't do at the beginning of the series. Uh, we know, as we said, we've seen Dallas is more than capable of, of making you pay. So I think, yeah. like we saw on the road, at least in game four on the road, the, the start of the game, I think is going to be really important. You know, if the Clippers can can get off to an early lead, have some confidence, get their crowd going, I think that can bode well for maybe another performance similar to what we saw in Game Four. Uh, if not, you know, Dallas comes out hot, swinging, hitting threes, we could have another close one. I think either way, the Clippers obviously can win. But uh, you know, if they get off to a hot start, I could see it being a nice night for them. Yeah, for sure. I think what you said too, kind of, kind of alarm me as well as far as like teams that actually getting hot like Dallas and, and and actually still winning is one of those things that I would love to see you know the Clippers overcome you know um, for instance like Dallas you know they, they had a terrible you know uh, setback uh, these last two games they didn't play up to their standards as well if they're capable of actually playing up to their standards and playing Dallas basketball uh, um, can we compete at that level as well too and get a win you know, so that's one of those things that I, I'm optimistic about, and hopefully we can actually, um, if it does come to it, we can actually get a win out of it for sure. Yeah, I mean, similar to game game three, right, where Dallas came out yeah. so hot and the Clippers responded, you would hope to see that same kind of response, of course, if something like that were to happen. And, um, you know, obviously the Doncic subplot is, is big. I, he still, you know, to his credit, he didn't blame the injury for his play. He had a he had his first real bad game of the series in Game Four. Where he was just nine of twenty-four from the field. Uh, was clearly laboring and struggling. But um, you know, I, th- I think with him hurting or not, like we talked about, the game plan should really be the same. Where you know he's going to get his numbers as long as you're making the right switches and reads and making all of his shots as tough as possible, even if he's knocking him down. Uh, I, you know, t- you know, taking like you said, Hardaway out of the ball game. Um, you know, Kleba out of the ball game, obviously Jalen Brunson and what he's done in multiple games, taking those guys out uh, and forcing Doncic to really be a tough shot maker, I think is a big key for them. And, and you know, we saw along on top of that, Dallas be kind of make a concerted effort to, to go to Porzingis a lot, who of course is a talented offensive player, but I think that's, I take that as a win for the Clippers. If they're, 
kind of going away from their offense to just post up Porzingis, it's clearly not high percentage enough. So I think the Clippers are going to, you know, be live with that if they're going to try to post up Porzingis. I think the Clippers are more than happy to stay home on shooters and live with 15-footers from Porzingis. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think Porzingis doesn't have enough firepower to actually make moves consistently um, in the low post. And it freezes their, their actual uh, their actual play, too. You know what I mean? The ball's dead. Everybody's watching one person. You got 20 eyes on one person. So that's kind of basketball that, that they would love to see where, where nobody's running around and stuff like that. So if that happens again, yeah, we're definitely going to be on top of that for sure. Yeah, and, and of course, credit to the Clippers defenders, but that's, you know, as you said, Porzingis has, has always been talented, but that's always been one of the things that I think a lot of fans and coaches have, have wanted more out of him for, where, of course, he's 7'3", he can shoot over anyone, turn and shoot, but for whatever for whatever reason, we know he's not, he doesn't have the, the biggest build, he's, a, you know, a, a slender guy. You know, you put smaller guys onto him that kind of get into his body, and he'll get, you know, pushed off his spot and not necessarily, like you said, have a ton of moves in the post. And I think we've seen that where the Clippers are, you know, they're not overreacting if it's, even if it's Rondo or Mann or George, you know, smaller players on Porzingis, they're just kind of living with the results. Yep, true, true, true. All right, Alex, so going into game five, uh, what's the biggest key for you for the Clippers to keep the momentum going to, come out and, and get their first home win of the playoffs and, and really take control of the series and, and go up 3-2? to two. Man, that same, that same tenacity they just brought on the road, they got to bring it here. I mean, at home, you know. Um, I think that's the biggest key. That was something, that was literally like a whole other team that we saw, you know, come alive and, and, and lock in. So if they can actually bring that and, and believe that whatever the coach is actually um, giving them and, and – go with that um, and ride with it, I think that's going to be an advantage. So yeah. that's that point. And I don't think they should change anything at all. Like, they, they play the hell of a game. Um, to blow a team out like that on the road at their house, uh, that's pretty amazing. No, of course. And and I think Ty Lue alluded to it. The Clippers obviously shot better from the field. They were great in game three and four, 58% and 48% respectively. And from the three-point line, you know, they shot 42%, which was kind of along their season average in 39. So while those are pretty decent shooting numbers, I think Ty Lue, he alluded to, you know, we're still waiting for one of those games that is really looks like us shooting the basketball. So, you know, from three-point range, if they can get hot, like we've seen a couple games with Dallas, obviously that would bode really well. And, you know, I wouldn't expect Dallas to shoot as poorly, obviously. They were just 5 of 30 from three-point range. Uh, but keeping them within a respectable range where, you know, it might not be 17%, but it can't be, you know, 55 60% like we saw in the first couple of games. So even if they're hitting some shots, that same aggressive closing out defense we saw in games three and four has to be there for the Clippers in, in, game, in game five. No, that's it. That's it for sure. Limiting their touches more than anything. Getting out on fast break. Um, switching aggressive more... Um, and getting these guys actually going backwards, um, not attacking you, uh, staying out of foul trouble, uh, and uh, you know consistency on the jump shot. We're jump shot. We're jump shooting team. Clippers are. You know, I ain't no, ain't no cap about that at all. We're a 15 foot mid range jump shooting team that can actually knock down 
consecutive shots after consecutive shots. Paul George is an elite 15 foot mid range, 20 foot mid range player. As far as Kawhi Leonard getting to his spots, knocking him down, and um, just playing to our strengths is is the biggest uh, thing that we can definitely do. Yeah, and I like I said, keep attacking the paint, and that'll open up the other shots that we've seen. You know, obviously with Leonard, we mentioned the numbers of shooting seventy five percent from the field over the past three games. You know, the, get to the rim, keep attacking. Same thing for Paul George and. I think that opens up the three ball for everyone else as well. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of it, like you said, is is be that same team mentally because uh, clearly the the talent is there. When the execution is there, they should win. So it's uh, it's about being that same team mentality wise and and coming out with, with the right force. Yep. Let's go, man. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Big thanks to Alex Acker for holding it down all the way in Italy, as always. And a thanks to you for tuning in here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars on Apple or find us wherever else you get your podcasts. Clippers, Mavs, Game 5. Big swing game at home for the Clippers. Ty Lue has been asking the crowd to bring the energy to keep the team hyped up and ready to go as they try to take control of the series and win their third game in a row. Of course, Dallas will have their say about that. But 7 p.m. tip-off between the Clippers and the Mavericks in a big game five. We'll, of course, be right here to cover it on the Believe Podcast Network and look forward to heading to the series no matter what happens. So thanks for tuning in here on the Believe Podcast Network in this episode presented by Bet Online. Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.